How marvellous to be amongst such lovely people this morning. In a very packed church, it seems to me. There's a lot, a lot of people here. There's a prayer we ought to say together to remember we're part of the Anglican Communion, though. Um, it's called the Collect, the prayer of the day, and it will appear as if by magic as Tristan presses a button, I hope. So this is the first Sunday of Lent. Are you all aware of that? Anybody given up anything? What, you're not allowed to tell, you see. You know you're not allowed to tell. You're going to tell us, won't you? No. <laughs> Top secret. You've given up telling people about things. That's what it is. Yes. You've given up gossiping. That's what's been going on. That's right. <laughs> Let's say the prayer together, shall we? Can we all see it from where we are? Heavenly Father, your son battled with the powers of darkness and grew closer to you in the desert. Help us to use these days to grow in wisdom and prayer, that we may witness to your saving love. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So it's the first Sunday of Lent. Do you know why it's called Lent? Funny word. Did we borrow it from another religion? <laughs> Just make that up. Lent? Lengthen, lengthening, lengthening of giving up things, lengthening of days. Who didn't know that before they came to church this morning? How great is this? We learned something new. Mind you, I'm working it out. I've preached on this day 30, 34 times in my life since I've been ordained. Because <laughs> it comes around once a year. I've been ordained 34 years. I must have talked about it 34 times. But here, it's so much fun to talk about it with you because of the love of the family of, of our wonderful church. They've nicked Lent. Let's give it up for the undervalued season of Lent, says my uh, paper, where Simon Kellner writes, it's the I. He's Jewish. Secular Jew. A lot of secular Jews in Israel, meet them. Yeah. We went on a pilgrimage, and while we were there, one of our guides was a Jew, and he was a secular Jew, Shmuel his name was. He was very interesting and very knowledgeable about everything to do with the scriptures and things. Incredible. I can't say that it's a very important date in my calendar, the first day of Lent. I'm not a Christian, so I don't feel religious. Need, I don't feel a religious need to mark the retreat of Jesus into the desert for 40 days by observing a similar period of reflection and fasting. But I welcome the arrival of Lent as in a seasonal rather than an ecumenical sense. It signals that spring is on its way. Easter is around the corner. The daffodils will be out. Storms Cara and Dennis will have long blown themselves out. Have I said Chiara wrong? No? Is that right? Right. Gar and Dennis will have long blown themselves out. Lent is the, per, the, the precursor of a time of annual regeneration. And in this respect, I can get behind the introspection and self-denial that is taken so seriously by people for whom this period is an article of faith. So much of our lives these days is out on show. Social media is such that our holiday snaps are shared. Every meal out is treated as a photo opportunity. Our own and our children's lives are documented for others to see. We're ruled by consumeristic instincts. The lines between our needs and our wants are blurred. 
For spiritual rather than religious reasons, this seems to me the perfect opportunity to recalibrate and reconsider our relationship with the material world. So for the next 40 days at least, I'm going to think more seriously about my mental and physical well-being. Now I think, that's where a lot of people are with all of this, Who's given up something for Lent that's to do with like dieting or something like that or things that you think you're not going to do? Because sometimes we just say, oh, it's Lent, I've given it up for Lent. And people use this word, our word, you know, and yet, as he's clearly said, <laughs> I don't go with the rest of it. Easter eggs are stuff, everybody does Easter Hot cross buns! They're selling hot cross buns at Christmas! It's a year-round thing now. You're supposed to only have them on one particular day. It's good Friday, isn't it? Hot cross bun. Sad, isn't it? Let's all have a... number of our things that just been nicked and consumerised. Consumerated. Consumed. And it's sad. How can we open people's eyes to our bit of it? What have we got that's different? to everybody else's giving up stuff. I've given up stuff all my life. I've given up all the stuff that's bad for me, so it's very boring in my, my heart at the moment. All the bad things, children, that you can get involved with, people tempt you to do smoking, drinking, all the usual things. They all went, what, what? <laughs> Not good for you in the long run. I work as a hospital chaplain. One of the worst things about smoking and drinking is wheelchairs and no legs. Did you know about that? It's not just coughs and cancer. Yet when you're kids, you can get tempted by people. People will tempt you. Hey, try this. Come on, try this. Oh, look, have a go at this. Don't go there. Be strong. Say no. No, say. Do you want to practice? One, two, three. Not a lot of strong resistance in the corner there. We'd better do some serious teaching on this, church. Let's get a few courses out, right? How I've lived my life is, thanks be to God, I'm still here and everything. Because uh, during it, in church, it's where I learned how, how to live better. And it's the scriptures, it's not the people, it's what it says in God's word. So we're going to look at a little bit of God's word together, but we're going to do it as a puppet show, because it's like different, because it's called an all-age service, which Andrew obviously realises, anything goes. <laughs> and I've been in churches where anything goes as mean that I've ended up gone, because <laughs> they didn't want anything goes. Do you want to do missions? Do you want to do this? Yeah, we want to do What did you do that for? We hate that. Go away. Get out of our church. Never come back. Go. Have a nervous breakdown and try somewhere else. So there we are. That's what some people are like when you're really tested. Do you really want to do mission or would you rather hang on to the things? Lent is giving up stuff that keeps us down. And sometimes that's traditions. And, oh, we don't do it that way here. Or we've never done that before. Or those kind of things. But St. Paul's, we're always open why are we always open? Because we are guided and filled with? Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! In Africa, the, the, you say, praise the Lord, and everybody goes, hallelujah! Praise the Lord! Hallelujah. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Praise the Lord! Hallelujah. 
because it's we're in church it's sunday it's lent it's the temptations happens once a year make the most of it <laughs> here it is coming at you before we start how many temptations did jesus have to undergo in the wilderness how many people think it was 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 Three that we know about. So two, one, don't know. How many people don't know? Thank you for being so honest. There we are, two honest people in the congregation didn't actually know. So by the end of this service, we will know the temptations that Jesus underwent. And we're going to have them presented for us now by the wonderful youth from the table, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up for them. Here they come. It's wonderful that they wanted to take part in this because you can't always get this, you know. People taking part so nicely. Couldn't do it without them. Here we are. We had a brief practice. I hope you can remember. I'm getting on a bit now about remembering. There's a job for everybody. I made this. Didn't get O-level woodwork, but I made this. Thank you. This has never been seen by anybody else in the world. I can honestly tell you that. This may have been seen by the people in the world because people got that all over the world. But here is a unique, a unique opportunity. Now, there's going to be um, some words said by Sophie. And everything that Sophie says, would you please repeat... Say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> good. 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 Got that over with. It's not actually in the puppet show, but we'd have a go. The story of the temptations of Christ brought to you this morning. Nowhere else in the world can you see this. It's the only place in the whole kingdom, in the whole world, God is watching. Not nervous. Good. After Jesus had been baptised by his cousin John, he was led out into the wilderness to be tempted by the evil one. There he is. Even the wild animals knew that Jesus was the king. The lions saw the Lamb of God. You can't say... Oh, do you want to come round a bit further? Can you... Rotate it. No, no, we won't all be able to see. Is that all right? Go back a bit. Is that better? I'll get out of the way. The lions saw the Lamb of God, but they did not try to harm him. They didn't try to harm him. Everybody? They didn't try to harm him. Now, this may seem strange, but it's a way of reinforcing the story. Reinforcing the story, learning by rote, repetition. Good teaching method should work. Quiz afterwards, then an exam. After 40 days and 40 nights fasting in that place, the devil came to tempt the Lord and met him face to face. (laughs) This was no chance meeting, but all part of God's plan. Jesus had to be tempted as a weak and a hungry. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what 
But by God's word, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by God's word, Jesus said. Then the devil took Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem, the holy city, and stood him on the pinnacle and tried again to tempt him without pity. If you are the son of God, why don't you throw yourself down? Angels will come and catch you. You won't strike your foot on a stone. Jesus wasn't going to do that to prove he was the best. He replied, it is written, you shall not put your God to the test. It is written, you shall not put God to the test. Satan took Jesus to a high place and showed him lands and seas. All of this I will give you, Satan said, if you will worship me. Jesus wouldn't give Satan what he didn't deserve. Go, Go. he said. God alone is to be worshipped and served. God alone is to be worshipped and served. Satan couldn't help, couldn't tempt Jesus to sin even though he tried. Done his worst, couldn't win. He cheated and he'd lied. Then glory came to the wilderness and angels gathered round. Angels, Angels. perhaps, could have gathered round in the wilderness. They looked after Jesus, the Son of God who'd stood his ground. Jesus was tempted in every way, but he didn't sin. He helps us then in our weakness, and with his help, we win. Hallelujah. Amen. It's all gone quiet. The children. Thank you so much. Well done. Do you want any more? Not more puppet shows, but a bit more. The grown-up bit. This is all age, you see, so when it's all age, these kind of things work, don't they? Well, I think so. Still going. Doing it for a number of years now. An HS chaplain. This is my, my little... All kinds of things in here, you know. Oh, yeah. Hang on. I'm still a Filofax man at heart, you see. I can't change now, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Well, what's in there? I thought you said the piece of cake. Oh, the kitchen sink. No, I haven't got the kitchen sink. So, uh, also, showing my Christian diary here. <laughs> 
As a Christian, I like to know where I am in the world, and these are Christian diaries. If you get them yourself, you can get them off the internet. It tells you what every day is and what the readings are for every day of the year, just in case you've got nothing to do one day. Would you like one of those? It's called the Parsons Pocketbook. I used to have the proper church desk diary, but they've stopped making them for the file of facts because it's all gone on iPhones now, and I'm out of date. I felt totally useless. No. I'm old. And there's the lectionary with everything. So I know where I am. That's religion. That's good religion, I think. Trying to know where the church is. Therefore, where am I in it? There you are. Look, handwritten sermon. All, all done in that. I can't type. I can't do social media. I, can't do, I tried it once. Made complete more than a complete full of stuff. I normally make of myself. What's your latest temptation? What's your latest? Oh, it's my latest temptation. What's your latest one? Is it Cadbury's Dairy Milk? No. Is it choc- chocolate? Hands up, chocolate. Oh, right, oh, it's not. We're not a very chocolatey congregation. Let's try a few things. Shout out to Temptation. We'll all vote on it quickly. Just a couple of seconds. Social media. How many people love doing social media? Well, not to miss you much off the internet, are they? There's hardly anybody there. Any others? Free scones. Oh, cream scones. (coughs) Oh, had one of those the other day. Haven't given them up. Fantastic. Anything else giving up, lengthwise? Wine. Stop whining. Yeah, no more whining. (laughs) No whining in Lent. All wine. Are you giving it up? Why? Because of the alcohol content? Or what if it was alcohol-free wine? It's horrible. Okay, we're not going into this now. Right. Make an appointment, we'll have a chat. <laughs> In fact, we'll go to the pub. That's a good idea. <laughs> but you don't drink the wine. Watch your life. Watch your own life. We all face it. If Jesus himself had to undergo temptation, so do we. You can't get out of it. It's around you all the time, every day. What did the temptations mean to Jesus? These were special because he is the Messiah. They were uniquely appropriate just for him as God's son. Bespoke temptations from Satan. He just received a clear vision of his mission. How was Jesus going to fulfill it? This was at his baptism, you know, after his baptism. How was he to lead people back to God? The man, Jesus, the Christ Jesus, the conquering king, as foretold in the scriptures, or the suffering servant, as also foretold in the Old Testament. Is he going to be a conquering king? King Jesus, give us a king. The Jews would love a king. Or a suffering servant. The rabbis had all sorts of expectations about the messianic kingdom. One ran like this. When King Messiah comes, he will stand upon the roof of the holy place. And then he shall announce to Israel, you poor, the time for your redemption draws near. You've seen that lately, haven't you? In a puppet show. So that's why that was one of the temptations. I bet you didn't know before you came to church why it was that particular one, though. 
because it's a bit silly to, you know, what temptation is that? Standing on the top of a tent, you know, what? it's a bit crazy. But it was because it was an expectation. So he's trying to tempt him to do it my way, do it my way, go on, get up there, go on, go for it. But of course he didn't count on the mobile phone. Getting in the way. The rabbis were also sure that when the Messiah came, there would be the repetition of the gift of manna in the desert. Do you remember? They were fed on manna bread. I still love that Keith Green song, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt. Do you know that one? There's a man shouting out, Manna, get your manna here, manna burgers, manna bread. <laughs> Listen to it. So You Want to Go Back to Egypt by Keith Green. You'll laugh. It's a fantastic song. So that's why the Jews got excited, of course, when Jews fed the multitude in the desert, which is in John chapter 6, verses 5 to 19, if you want to look it up at home or on the internet, and why they wanted and tried to make him king. Because he's already shown another manner kind of bread-feeding thing. Yeah, this could could be the guy. (laughs) They knew their scriptures. Of course they did. One of the things for Lent... Read Bible more. Get to know your scriptures better. That should be a good thing. Give up reading some newspapers <laughs> and read your Bible. Give up reading some stuff and change your reading habits. They knew their scriptures and the writings of their rabbis. They knew that when manna in the wilderness came, that would be the sign of the kingdom breaking in. What temptations for Jesus to bypass his way to the cross? The short circuit way, the path of obedience, and to adopt the role of the son of the king without stooping to the role of a suffering servant. Go the glory way and not the suffering way. So much easier. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Christianity isn't all glory, glory, praise the Lord, hallelujah. There's a great deal of suffering, redemptive suffering in it, which too is to be celebrated. What temptations for Jesus to bypass the path which was to lead to the cross, to short-circuit it. So that was the thrust of the third temptation, to gain universal dominion back from this usurper prince, to do it by striking a bargain with him, rather than by striking him through the heart with the wood of the cross. The temptations to be selfish, to opt for the sensational and to compromise, come the way of all Christians and sometimes of particular churches. Let's have something sensational. Let's uh, compromise on some things that are in the Bible because it's putting people off going to church and let's do different things. You know, it's there. The temptations are recorded that we might witness the testing of God's Son in his Messiahship. Is he to be the slave of popular expectations, or will he go to the cross to gain the crown? What did the, well, we know what he did. 
Go away, Satan. Great to hear it. Go away. We won't forget that. Thank you. What do the temptations mean for us, though? We're not Jesus. <laughs> Lives in us. Adam failed. Adam had tempted God by eating from the tree. Don't eat from the tree. But he disobeyed God, though he knew he was God's son. <laughs> Glad to be. Adam had grabbed at sensual satisfaction because of hunger in his body. Jesus succeeded where Adam had failed. No bread for me. They tempted God, the Israelites, at Meribah and Massa. They were idolatrous with the golden calf, grabbed at the manna in the wilderness. Jesus succeeded where Israel, in its historical manifestation, had failed. Notice how Jesus overcame these temptations, though. He only said the three words before the answer. What was it? It is written. It is written. God's word endures forever. It is written. We are called evangelicals, which means a lot of things, but it means it is written and we believe it. And ain't nobody going to stop us believing it, even if it's uncomfortable. We fall out with a lot of people and let's not go down that route. (laughs) But it is written. All of the things that Jesus said Um, which were biblical, they were in a puppet show, but they came from the scriptures. They come from the book of Deuteronomy. That's how he actually repelled Satan. He knew his Deuteronomy. And I thought, I haven't read Deuteronomy right the way through. So I had a look at it, I thought, I know why I haven't read Deuteronomy all the way through. It goes on a bit, it does. But if you want to look it up, it's quite easy. It's 8.3, 6.16 and 6.13, and in there... You can see me afterwards, I'll give you those verses. And then you can look up what Jesus said and how they are in Deuteronomy, the Bible. So Jesus knew his Old Testament. That's why we should all rejoice in our Old Testament too. We should be led by the Holy Spirit because Jesus lives in us. Let's look at the Old Testament. So much to learn. The Spirit which came upon Jesus so powerfully at his baptism was able to take these scriptures and use them in spiritual warfare. It was through the Word that the things were defeated, that Satan was defeated, through quoting the word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Let's say it. The sword of the Spirit is the word of God. We're evangelicals, and the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. Don't let anybody say it isn't. Well, if they do, they're in trouble with us, because we believe it that way. If we know our scriptures, though, and I know some people in our congregation... Know our scriptures so well, it's a pleasure to talk to them and, and hear them speak. We know our scriptures and trust in the Spirit in warfare against Satan. The Spirit will bring scriptures to our attention when temptation presses. And like Jesus, we shall have the power to overcome. The Spirit will bring to our attention scriptures when we're in a difficult patch. And then through Through the Spirit, we'll have the power to overcome. 
We need to renew our minds with the scriptures, Romans 12, 2, to be renewed in our minds too. I haven't got anything left. Application. And then I thought, St. Paul's, one of the reasons I love coming to St. Paul's is that you go round with this lovely microphone and people say things, scriptural things, word of God to encourage us or scripture for the moment for where we are. And wow, that is so powerful and so important. And people are confident to do it because we all love one another. And people who visit us will see this happen and say, I like this, it's different. It's different to the last church I went to where we all sat down all the time and repeated words and whatever we did. So we're, as usual, at a crossroads. Where are we going to do? What's going to happen next? God knows. God's got his timing. In the meantime, it's a new Lent. It's a new lengthening of days. Don't just give up stuff because you want to get slim or you don't want so much alcohol or you don't want to smoke those cigarettes anymore or whatever. It's good or good things, though they are. But to give little things up. And let me tell you the most marvellous thing ever said to me by anybody in the world about what they gave up for Lent was a very wise bishop. Rare thing. (laughs) (laughs) Delete. (laughs) This far away, you know. So, Yeah. It was Bishop Philip Ridsdale. Ever heard of him? I know something about Bishop Philip Ridsdale that nobody else does then. Because he was once my spiritual director. Who's got a spiritual director? Anybody in this congregation? It's not usually an evangelical thing, is it? It's more of a Catholic, Catholic thing, you know, more of one of those things. But it's somebody you can go and talk to and say whatever you like. It's sort of counselling, but you don't have to pay. (laughs) And it's very good for you. In fact, the church started all this stuff, but the world nicks it as usual. We lose out, don't we? But speak to somebody in the congregation you love and know. I'm looking at so many people I I can talk to when I'm in in a pickle. And it's good to have a, a soul friend, a spiritual director. And perhaps we could start a prayer buddy thing going, who knows what might come out of Lent this year. But anyway, he said to me, well, I said, what have you given up for Lent then? After I gave my great list, aren't I holy, you know? (laughs) And he said, I've given up sitting in a comfortable chair. So if you're lost for something to do for the next, it's not quite 40 days, you're lucky, it's only 30 odd left. If you're lost for something to do, just try that one. Don't sit in a comfortable chair for the rest of Lent. I know you look horrified by that thought, some people, yeah. And see what happens on your stool, or whatever it might be. I'll have to leave this here to tidy up later. What happens next? Oh, let's worship and any words that might come to us.